This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. The book is Digital Assassins. The author, Danielle Spencer. Danielle Spencer is an author, protector of freedom, privacy rights advocate, and U.S. federal government whistleblower. She's a senior leader with over 20 years of experience focused on business finance and acquisition management. A change agent transforming and improving business operations and processes. She has two master's degrees in business administration and information systems and a bachelor of science degree in medical and research technology. She's also certified in information assurance, cybersecurity, and project management. Happy to have Danielle Spencer join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Danielle, welcome to this program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Danielle, what is your new book all about? It is a fictional story that tells, that's inspired by actual events um, that I experienced as a federal government whistleblower. Let's talk about data theft. How often does data theft occur? As technology has advanced, um, it is occurring much more frequently now. Um, one of the things that I think people need to understand is that uh, what data theft is, because it's much different than identity theft. Uh, data theft is the act of a person within an organization, like a corporation or a government entity, taking information from that organization, um, and they had no approval to do so. Um, typically, that happens uh, a, either a system administrator, a database administrator, or someone who works in human resources, whose job it is to have um, access to this sensitive or private or confidential information. It's the act of them taking that information, and they were not authorized to do it. Danielle, what's the cost here of data theft? I think the last that I looked um, in the U.S., it cost the uh, United States about $9 million a year, and I anticipate that will go up. Because when people do data theft, they're getting information, like I said, it's very sensitive or confidential, but because of where they're getting it from, so, for example, your banking account or from a government entity, the information is accurate. So they're getting information, but it's also very accurate. And they can use it to do other things, such as open accounts in people's names or to, to smear or harm people because they have your information. They can uh, send out information or do things that, that they're not supposed to do. But because of how they got the information, is accurate, and people won't know that they're not you performing that action. And it happens in the U.S. more than any other country, right? Correct. Any other um, technologically advanced country. We're chatting with Danielle Spencer here on Speaking of Writers. Her new book is Digital Assassins, Surviving Cyber Terrorism and a Digital Assassination Attempt. It's available at writersrepublic.com, also amazon.com, and barnesandnoble.com as well. Let's talk about government weaponization. What is it, and does it happen a lot? I think people probably, if you look at the news, you'll hear it, and I want to say for me it's very discouraging because um, it's kind of becoming a uh, punchline or something that's funny or can be a political football. In my opinion, it's very serious, and it's something that happens more often than people know. I define 
uh, government weaponization and the use of government resources to improperly target someone. For example, I think a couple of years ago, maybe one or two years ago, in the news, I think it was Andrew McCabe and Jim Comey, where they said that they underwent a very invasive IRS um, audit, something that is very rare, and that the two of them just happened to uh, be uh, selected for this type of invasive audit that cost a lot of money. And there were questions about that, uh, how that audit um, happened. And I would say in my instance, because I'm a whistleblower, I also was, um, quote, unquote, triggered for an audit. When I questioned, you know, what happened to trigger for me to um, be audited, for my taxes to be audited, I was told that I submitted, um, submitted paperwork late. But because I kept records, I could show not only was I not late, but also that the IRS had... Um, confirmed that they had received my taxes. So to me, those are, you know, a couple of examples where government resources are being, quote-unquote, weaponized against citizens improperly. Um, in my case, I believe it's because I am a whistleblower against the federal government. Whistleblowers, though, are silenced by those in the government who are supposed to protect us. Yeah. Using um, what I would say, I call it retaliation. And retaliation is the act of um, doing an adverse action against someone. Uh, in my case, well, I should say in general, it could um, show up as firing someone or lowering their performance rating, giving them um, perform- uh, work conditions that are unfavorable. Those are different type of retaliation techniques that could be used against individuals in, in an effort to silence them. Um, in my particular case as a whistleblower, it started off with them lowering my performance ratings, escalated into where I had another job offer. They interfered and had the job offer rescinded. And then when I tried to go to other positions, interfering within those job um, positions where interviews after they had been scheduled, they were being canceled, other things where my contact information from my resume um, disappeared. But different types of techniques like that that are meant to try to retaliate, they're retaliation techniques, but they're meant to try to to, um, cause a whistleblower to be quiet to stop talking about whatever they uh, were, uh, whatever they reported, like either rescind your complaint or when investigators ask, don't provide them any additional information. The goal is to, to make the whistleblower um, not to talk about um, the complaint that they filed. We're talking to Danielle Spencer here on Speaking of Writers. Her book is Digital Assassins Surviving Cyber Terrorism and a Digital Assassination Attempt. It's available at writersrepublic.com, amazon.com, and barnesandnoble.com. We hear about cyber terrorism in the news all the time. How is that impacting U.S. citizens? It it, um, impacts U.S. citizens more than what I think people realize. In the news, uh, like one example of cyber terrorism is cyber bullying. 
So, you know, sadly, you're hearing the news about some young person um, taking their life or committing suicide because they're being bullied um, using computers. Well, in other cases, it can happen too. Um, For example, in a relationship, if one of their partners gets upset with the other, they can use cyber techniques to um, generate, you know, false images of this person, especially using AI now, and put it out there on the Internet as a way to to scare or to threaten the individual. Um, But I would say also in cases like mine, um, I believe I was the the victim of cyber terrorism, not only just me, but also people uh, associated with me, uh, using things such as illegal surveillance, um, monitoring of my phone calls, uh, monitoring bank accounts. In one instance that I talk about in the book, uh, one of the individuals associated with me got a ticket um, saying that they were they failed to stop for a school bus, but we knew the ticket had been fabricated because at the exact same you know date and time that they were failing to to uh, stop the school bus, they were in the doctor's office. Um, the exact same time. So we knew the ticket. You know, there are some other things that I outlined in the book, how we knew that it was a fabricated ticket. But all of those are kind of tactics that, you know, most people don't think about, especially like using the example of the ticket. You don't think, no, maybe I did this or maybe I didn't. But these are techniques that could be used that um, they're called fear frustration or, you know, other type of uh, extreme emotion that will try to either isolate the whistleblower or the other individual that they're trying to harm or to cause them to be fearful. So these are things that people need to, that I believe that the American public needs to be aware of so that we can move forward and try to find a common way to address them. Danielle, what was your research like for this book? I think it was all based on my experience. As you mentioned in your, um, in your intro, I am an IT person. I've been doing this for over 20 years. Um, my operations or policy really got a quote-unquote sweet spot. Um, and I have a, a master's certificate in um, cybersecurity. So I'm aware and I knew of these things. I was just extremely surprised to be the one who was um, on the receiving end of them after I became a whistleblower. But because I had that knowledge already, and not only from an academic perspective, but also from uh, work experience, I was able to quickly identify what was going on. Um, I will say even now today, I'm still in somewhat of shock about it, but I knew because I had the experience. So I didn't have to do much other research as to what was going on. This, this was based you know, a lot on my, um, personal, uh, my personal experience. And what would you like readers to take away from this book? The biggest thing that I would like for them to take away is to understand um, the different cyber or computer or technology tactics that can be used. Um, I think you know, a couple of people I've spoken with, they're 
they get a little afraid or fearful. And I'm like, it's okay to be concerned, but don't go to the point where you're completely fearful and you don't want to act at all. Um, knowledge is power. You know, that's what I believe. And I think the public needs to be aware that these are the techniques that can be used. And they're not, you know, whereas I'm giving it from the perspective of someone um, being retaliated against as a whistleblower, they can be used in any situation. Um, for example, in domestic situations, if you're trying to get away from a partner that's abusive, they can use, especially if they have um, a technical background, they can use these techniques to spy on the individual, to um, you know, know what's going on in their financial life and be able to cause harm there. It can happen in situations where an individual could be upset with someone or a group of people and they don't, and they can use that knowledge to uh, interfere in loan review and approval processes or employment processes. These type of techniques can be used in any type of situation. And current laws do not protect, um, do not protect us. So I would like the general public to be aware of these things. And then hopefully, you know, we can start a movement where we can um, get our local, our state, and our federal representatives involved where we start putting in legislation or um, policies where we can start protecting people from these types of um, instances occurring. Because I, I really would not want anyone else to have to go through what myself, my family, coworkers, um, neighbors, what any of us have gone through for the past, um, over the past five years. The book is Digital Assassins, Surviving Cyber Terrorism and a Digital Assassination Attempt. The author is Danielle Spencer. It is available at writersrepublic.com, amazon.com, and barnesandnoble.com. Danielle, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And this is Speaking of Writers.